<clears throat> I feel <laughs> I feel like I have to sneeze, but it's like every time I'm about to sneeze, it's like, nope, going away. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Are you okay? I'm fine. It was just it's alarming. <laughs> I mean, you don't even have any of the candles on right now. I know. I wish I did. If I'm being honest, I like my candles. I got all of them from uh, Bath and Body Works. I almost said bat, Bed, Bath, and, and Body Beauty Works. And Body Works. I don't, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Hello, kids, and welcome to another mini, mini microsode <laughs> of my spooky gay family. This is the first, like, real mini-sode we've done in a while. Yeah, it feels like they've all been, like, triple size. Triple size, but, like, it's also, I, I know last week we did uh, Alfonso Brooks, but, Alonzo Brooks, sorry, excuse me. Um, but it feels like I'm, like, still stuck in the Jed Shepard mini-sode, so it's like, <laughs> it feels like we haven't done Unsolved Mysteries in a while, and this is a good episode to kind of uh, get back into the swing of things on, because this is this is the episode that, like, this is the episode that most reminds me of the old Unsolved Mysteries. Are you okay? <laughs> I had um I had buffalo wings and then I rubbed under my eye. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah, I will say that, that. Do you need like milk or or something for to rub my in eye? Your eye? Yeah, <laughs> that's what Jess did. She rubs milk in her eye. <laughs> yeah, every every night. Um, <laughs> no, she was she was cutting ghost peppers in her kitchen. Oh. And she, she was like, she was like using her hands to like put them in the bowl or whatever. And then she had an itch on her eye, and she rubbed it, and she essentially maced herself. Oh, God. <laughs> She's gonna hate me for telling this story, but she was like okay. crying, and she was like, she was like, Carmen, help me! And he was like, what? And she was like, pour milk in my eyes, pour beer in my eyes, and he, she, he was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> And they did. They had to pour milk in her eyes to stop the um, the burning from the peppers. That's insane. Isn't it? Yeah. I have whole milk if you need I think it. I'm okay. <laughs> I think I'm all right. Uh, but Mine anyway, were not ghost pepper hot. So. Yeah. What, what were yours? Mild? Yeah, they were Chipotle barbecue. Oh, they're that not, sounds good. Like, there's a little bit of heat, but there's not, like... That's how, I mean, we had buffalo wild wings, so it was like... Yeah. They, they were, like, barely real wings anyway but no, then they I'm, taste good they were good i got the boneless ones so if at any point during this episode i vomit or bar or like burp <laughs> or fart whatever uh if i shit myself over the course of this episode you know why um <laughs> i did i'm like there's like a small part of me that is just like huffing and puffing even at, <laughs> when it is like standing still i'm like oh the engines are on full blast tonight <laughs> Um, but anyway, but anyway, we, uh, we are, we're jumping back in on an episode where, uh, 
this episode in particular reminds me a lot of the original unsolved mysteries because it is like it goes back to the roots of of the um like all the like weird ufo kind of like sci-fi channel bullshit they got into it <laughs> yeah the like weirdly x-files episodes that they did yeah the ones that are like you're like is this an unsolved mystery or is this crazy people <laughs> <laughs> Is the mystery which medication everyone in this episode is on? I mean, this one is is a bit more compelling than I would argue some of the older ones are. I will agree with that. I will agree with that. But uh, there are, to varying degrees, because there are some people who I was watching this episode and I was like, oh, th- like this person seems very genuine. They seem very genuinely to believe mm-hmm. uh, what they saw or they have a very... Uh, convincing story or a convincing memory but there were some people <laughs> that I was watching and I was like oh you've definitely been on an episode of ancient aliens <laughs> like <laughs> you have you have absolutely told this at every like uh conspiracy theory convention in the United States <laughs> um but yeah we are of course this week talking about episode five of uh, unsol- Netflix's Unsolved Mysteries. It is, it's called Berkshire's UFO, right? It's uh, the Berkshire UFO. The Berkshire UFO. It's Berkshire something along UFO. those something lines. Like that. Who, who the fuck knows? <laughs> we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> one day, it's called Berkshire's UFO. Um, one day I will uh, pay attention to things before I have to talk about them on this podcast. <laughs> Um, but it is, it is an episode called Berkshire's UFO and it is about a small, uh, a small, I don't know if it's a county or a town. It's It's called a county. It's a county. It's called Great Barrington in, um, uh, the Berkshires, which is, the Berkshires is kind of a, a wilderness that spans from New York up into Massachusetts. And this specifically takes place in a county in Massachusetts, uh, that's right near North Canaan, Connecticut. It is uh, sort of the south central to west part of Massachusetts. Um, And in this small kind of... It it was described a lot um, during this episode as like kind of the Norman Rockwell picturesque part of America. Yeah, very small town. Exactly. Small town you know, utopia that that was kind of depicted in the 50s through the 70s in in kind of this part of the world. And so on a, 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 a almost fall night in 1969, it was September 1st. So it was actually uh, fairly recently, well, recently in terms of <laughs> <laughs> how far away We're September close to the 1st anniversary. Is. We are. We're, this actually, this year was the 51st anniversary yeah. of the of the events of September 1st, 1969 in uh, Great Barrington, where this all took place. And it was over the course of several miles. It was kind of like five square miles, give or take, uh, in Great Barrington. And a number of people reportedly saw a, a UFO. <laughs> yes. And some people also claim to have been abducted. Mm. Um however briefly or not briefly because some of them alleged that it was up to three hours yeah that they have no recollection of or that some people have some recollection of it's it's all a bit um 
there's varying degrees of, of uh, recollection from this night. And some of the strongest recollections come from a gentleman. Uh, and I think we should we should probably talk about him from the get go. Okay. <laughs> Just because I think it's important. His name is Tom Warner. Do you remember Tom? Yes, from the I episode? do remember Tom. Tom is kind of like the he's like the leader of this little pack of people who who say that they experienced something on on this night. And Tom has the most vivid memory of the night and yeah. uh, has the most kind of fleshed out story to tell. And Tom is challenging. <laughs> <laughs> and I only say that because I'm sure. Do you think he's, he's not credible? Or I don't think? I don't want to say he's not credible. I don't even want to say that I don't believe him. He's just like, if there was someone in this episode that kind of threw up a few red flags for me, it was Tom. Okay. And I, I can't really say why. It was more of a feeling watching the episode. Um, everyone else seems to be having a very genuine discussion with... Because anytime you do a reality show like this, there is a producer off camera who is interviewing the person that is speaking. And um, a lot of the other witnesses are having a very genuine conversation. It's, it feels very comfortable. Um, whereas Tom feels a bit more like he's telling a campfire story to me. Okay. And that's not to say that it's not true. And that's not to say that, uh, it's disingenuous. It's more that like, it, it gives me pause and I can't necessarily say why. I will say that I think part of the reason that Tom in particular, like gives me pause is he looks so much like Donald Trump to me that I I immediately take everything. He so it's just your lizard salt. brain is just my lizard away. brain is like do not trust, do not trust. Uh, yeah, I, I will say like Tom is one of the only ones that we have like direct corroboration for in the episode though, like because Jane's story uh, is very much intertwined with his. Yes, yes, theoretically yes. I mean, all of their stories are kind of, they're, a lot of their stories are kind of intertwined. And especially, um, what's her name? Melanie. Yeah. The one who says that she actually said that Tom saw her on the UFO when they were abducted. Mm-hmm. She, which she says she has no recollection of. Yeah. But um, she said that he he said he recognized her eyes that she has very vivid blue eyes and she does in 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 actuality but again it's like tom's the one who has like the most recollection and he has all these like really kind of strange a little bit stereotypical stories of a uh an alien encounter and he's the only one who has any memory from on top on the ufo and he kind of has this relationship with Melanie where she's kind of taking his word that he saw her there, but no one else can corroborate it. And what's funny to me is that there are so many other stories that are so similar. They almost prove each other in a way. Yeah. If, if no, you I believe, if you believe the story, but this is the Tom's is the only one 
I don't want to say that it's uncorroborated because then you have people like, uh, uh, what's her name? His, um, the woman who was watching him that night. Jane. I believe. No, it wasn't Jane. It was, okay. it was another. Oh, it oh, is Jane. <clears throat> it's Jane Shaw, not Jane Green. Yeah. Um, Cause Jane Green is another one of the right. witnesses. It, you're right. It was Jane. And she saw him go outside, run in place, turn, become illuminated and disappear. Yeah. That is, that is what she says she saw. That is what Jane says happened uh, on that night. And up to <clears throat> that point, Tom's story is the same, but then mm-hmm. obviously we have uh, him being on the UFO and seeing Melanie, and uh, he never really goes into any detail about what happened on the UFO, and I don't know if he has any recollection of what happened to him. Um, yeah, I feel like there aren't really enough details to believe that he has a terribly clear memory of what happened on there. Right, Exactly. Um, and this is all allegedly, by the way, uh, we're not, I'm, I'm kind of going to go with the, like, I'm not subscribed to the idea that it happened. I'm not saying it didn't. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of dead in the middle right now. I'm not, I'm not choosing a side. Okay. Um, that said, a lot of the other stories in this episode are very compelling. <clears throat> oh my God. Buffalo Wild Wings. And, um... <laughs> You know, the the funny thing about this episode is it it's like you said earlier, the original series of Unsolved Mysteries dealt a lot with UFOs, honestly. And this is probably one of the most compelling stories they've ever told of UFOs on on this show. And I understand that this is a different iteration, but um one one of the things I kind of made a note of to myself was that this really took something that is uh, incredible <laughs> and yeah. made it, it made it, it, it gave kind of a seriousness to something that this could have easily been a sci-fi channel documentary. Yeah. But it wasn't. It no, was, not at all. It was, it was really well documented and I think it was fairly documented um, did you have that same feeling? Yeah, no, I don't think that they were um, pushing the audience too far one way or the other. Um, <clears throat> I think it's interesting that there are no sort of, we'll say, official records mm-hmm. of this happening, that it's all sort of hearsay from these this handful of people. Mm-hmm. But... Um, because you would think that if this many people really saw it, like somebody would have called the cops, like some right. somebody would have, you know, f- phoned the newspaper or. But we have these people saying one the the newspaper guy is saying that it it was so it was silly. so silly they didn't print it, the radio station didn't hold on to their tapes, <laughs> you know, and the only person who has like a complete snapshot of that day is the police officer, and he's like, yeah, no, we don't have anything. We don't have, he says they don't have anything, any record yeah. of anything happening, which is interesting. Although, and again, I know we've, we've done this in some other episodes of this show. Yeah. I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat for a second and say that if there was a legitimate UFO sighting, I know that only recently have we heard of NASA releasing information that there have been 
um, documented cases of UFOs. And I mean that in the most literal context, that they were unidentified, not necessarily alien, but that they were strange sightings of things in the sky that that they have talked about, that they were like, we don't know what this was. Yeah. Um, And there's a part of me that sits there and goes, well, if this was a legitimate sighting, if if the cops contacted, you know, the Massachusetts Bureau of Investigation or, or whatever, you know, to say, hey, this strange thing is happening. Could files have been redacted or uh, confiscated that are no longer there? It's certainly possible, but I, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of like, they're, they're not telling us the truth. It goes all the way to the top. And it's like, I'm not <laughs> I'm not prepared to do that. But I, I think it's it's within reason to think that something like that could happen. It is within reason, especially considering that there is something of a history of cover-up with things like this in the past. Like, mm-hmm. we, we know that something happened in Roswell. We yeah. don't know what happened. <laughs> but, like, <clears throat> it just seems strange to me that that no one has records of that night. Exactly. And that's what kind of comes off as strange to me. Um and again, I'm not trying to discredit any of these people or their alleged experiences. But it does, again, it's like, <laughs> I think that's going to be the the emotion of the episode. It's mm-hmm. just like, it gives me pause. It really <laughs> does. Because, you know, you have someone like Tom, not Tom Warner. Uh, what's his Tom name? Tom Reed. Tom Reed, yes. Who very adamantly has has defended this position and even his 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 mother Nancy who had a very similar experience with him that night uh they faced a lot of backlash for this and granted I don't know any of these people in reality so I don't know what they're like in their personal lives but they have both really stuck to their guns about the fact that this was not something they really ever talked about, or at least Nancy said it was not something she ever talked about because it was something that uh, she got a lot of flack for. And she probably wouldn't have even done this episode if it hadn't been for Tom, who was very insistent on sticking to his guns that they had had this experience. So again, I'm not saying that it proves anything. It doesn't prove anyone is telling the truth. No, but you have to question like, why would they lie? Exactly. At this, at this point, like, what would be the point in lying? And I don't know if these people make money off of this story. I, d- I haven't done any research to know if they've sold books or news stories or if they go to conventions and, and tell this story, if they're paid speakers. But based on what I saw in the episode, I can only go on what I saw in the episode. It does seem like they are doing this because it actually means something to them to be able to share this story. That said, if someone wrote to us tonight and said, uh, you know, Tom Reed is a crazy person and he he (laughs) makes up these stories and sells them at conventions, I'd be like, okay, maybe I should modify (laughs) this feeling. (laughs) But based on what I saw in this episode exclusively, it, it gives me reason to believe, at least in part, his story. Yeah, no, I definitely believe that something happened. And who knows what it was. 
if nothing else, the fact that they they both mm-hmm. say the same thing, which is, you know, we woke up three hours later and two people in the car were switched. Were switched. And the grandmother and the mother were who were in the front seat before the mother was driving and the grandmother was in the passenger seat. They had been switched and the grandmother was in the driver's seat and the mother was in the passenger seat and the grandmother did not drive. Yeah, no, like that's more than a little strange. Mm-hmm. This wasn't like he was a little kid who fell asleep in the back seat and yeah, and had like a crazy had dream a crazy dream and woke up and his grandma was driving and his mom was in the passenger seat and he was confused. His mom is saying the same thing. She's saying I blacked out. Yeah. And three hours later, woke up in front of the drugstore and my mom was in the driver's seat and she doesn't drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think you're right. It 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 is strange. It's very strange. And that's the part of the story that kind of gets me because you have kind of similar stories from, you know, Jane Green, who was the woman who was out with her friend and encountered mm-hmm. the lights from the UFO on the highway. Um, and uh, uh, even Melanie kind of tells a similar story about, you know, going to get um, ice, cream. ice cream, yeah. right? Melanie goes to get ice cream with her sister and uh, her parents. And, Again, it's a kind of similar experience. Although Melanie tells a story of levitating, which, yeah, you know, again, it's like, well, okay, I, I can neither prove or disprove this this thing, but um, I would be interested to hear more detailed accounts of the stories in this episode. Yeah, no, I would be too, especially because um, Melanie also states that she was set back down at the lake by herself and had to walk home. Yeah. So, like, my whole thought is. Why aren't we talking to... I, I mean, unless your parents have passed on, why aren't we talking to your parents? Because, like, my kid vanished from the back seat. Yeah. Is... <laughs> That's a big one. Is a hell of a story. <laughs> Melanie, how do you like your eyes? Melanie? <laughs> well, better go home. <laughs> and again, it's like... Why why didn't they talk to the sister? And I don't know. Again, it's like you said. I don't know if the sister is still with us, but um, or it was she never, might just not have wanted to do the show. I mean, she might not have. That's fair. But she does say that her sister kind of ag- agrees with or or you know can validate her story. Um, it's all very interesting. UFO stories are always such a a fun one to talk about because it's it's so like paranormal that there's there's almost no reasonable way to talk about it it's like how willing are you to believe this thing you know yeah it's basically what it comes down to is whether or not you are of a mind to believe it Mm -hmm. do you believe uh i shouldn't say do you believe what are your feelings on aliens i mean i think aliens definitely exist i think statistically speaking it's almost impossible that they don't. That we're the only life in this universe. Yeah. <laughs> Whether or not they've mastered intergalactic travel and come in to check on us every so often, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not always sure where I come down on that. That's how I feel because you have to, you have to remember this was in the 60s, um, which means that they would have been light years ahead of us technologically. 
Um, that and I'm not saying that that's impossible, but it it does kind of make you say it, it opens the doors to a lot of questions. Is I guess the best way to put it. Yeah, that's kind of my whole thing. Is like there's no reason to believe that just as a general rule there there's got to be at least one civilization out there that has mastered space travel mm-hmm. but again why would they come here why would they be like <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense to me i mean we are a very developed uh species well we, we don't know that we don't know what we're being compared to well that's true <laughs> there, there could be there could be uh planets with people made entirely of boobs <laughs> just walking boobs <laughs> somewhere out in the universe there's booblandia oh god could you that that's your that's your favorite planet is it <laughs> you don't like boobs <laughs> i do like boobs but like an entire person made out of boobs i think might it, it might be a bit much i never thought i'd hear you say those words <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint you <laughs> I think I would enjoy Booblandia. If nothing else, it would be a very entertaining planet. <laughs> I Can you imagine watching them run? Oh, God. <laughs> Everywhere is Baywatch. <laughs> also, the gravity on the planet is a little awkward, so everything looks like it's in slow-mo. Exactly. <laughs> you have to be very careful at the supermarket that you don't step on anyone's nipples. <laughs> You have to be very careful. And also, are they boobs with legs or are they just like boobs that bounce around like like those little gym balls? I want them to bounce <laughs> around. Like, I know you do. Like I, Because <laughs> then they're not a person made of boobs. Then they're legs that have boobs. and Legs that have boobs. And anyone can have legs with boobs. I, I mean, have legs many boobs people do have legs and boobs, yes. Well, le- not legs and boobs. You need to be legs <laughs> with boobs. Like, you need one on each kneecap. <laughs> I mean, that is something through prosthetics that could be achieved. I'm sure. A silicone can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? Um, if you're of a mind to believe. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, I... I definitely believe in life outside of this planet. Um, but again, it's like I have no context for it. I have no idea what to believe they are capable of or why they would even be coming here. It's like you said, it, it do, I, I don't have a motive yet. So I, I have no way of understanding who they would be, where they're coming from or what they're doing here. Yeah, no, I I don't really know that I believe the whole, like, you know, alien naturalist coming in to check on the local wildlife kind of thing. I mean, I very, I sincerely doubt that. But then I think, like, well, if they were anything like humans, is it that far-fetched to believe that they would be testing on a species they felt superior to? <laughs> I mean, no. But at the same time, to what end? Like Maybe that's... cancer was brought here by the aliens to test it <laughs> and to fix it. We're just one giant lab. We are in someone's terrarium. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. 
It's like Men in Black, how the galaxy is on out. that cat's belt or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> Orion's belt. It's on Orion's belt. Um, yes. The other thing, while we're talking about things that are slightly ridiculous, the other thing I wanted to discuss from this episode is there is a big deal made about the fact that um, Tom Warner has kind of explored this traumatic experience through art. Mm -hmm. And he says that he has painted a painting of himself uh, experiencing the UFO and that he has never... (laughs) Are you about to make fun of this poor guy? (laughs) That he has never shown it (laughs) to another person. And I was expecting, I was like, he's had a long time to put this painting together. You're seriously going to make fun of this poor guy's painting, aren't you? Did you see it? (laughs) (laughs) That was like eighth grade art class. And not for nothing, but it was like, it was very stereotypical alien imagery. I mean, to be fair, like, I don't know if you put me in front of an easel if I would be able to do much better than that. You could get a friend. <laughs> get like a police artist to, to come over and be like, what did you see? Um, I'm not making fun of his art. I'm just making fun of him. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I just thought it was a very... It was not impressive. And I'll tell you why. Not that his painting skills are not impressive, but he kind of made a big deal about this being like his vision of that night and what he saw specifically. And a lot of the people in this episode talked about the grandness, like in in size of this UFO. And it seemed rather small. And I understand that if he's not a professional artist, the idea of like... You might just have a problem with scale. Right. Like scale could be an issue, but it's like psychologically, it, this is this is a thing that they do with children in, in uh, psychotherapy mm-hmm. where they'll have them draw things and scale actually plays a huge part of it. Like if you draw two people from your life, if you draw your mom and your dad and your mom is five foot one and your dad is six foot one and you draw your mom taller than your dad, it actually is indicative of how you view your parents in terms huh. of power and in terms of uh, their relationship and your perception of them as people. Um, okay. What? Okay. But I'm saying, like, this is a legitimate thing. And so the idea that he painted the ship so small almost was indicative of, like, it it felt to me like it was indicative that he either did not see anything or Mm. did not have the same experience as everyone else. Do, Do you know what I mean? I mean, he does talk about the bright light a lot. I'm not sure that he ever necessarily saw the ship. That he might have just seen the light. But again, if that were the case, wouldn't he have drawn the light coming out of the dark? It just seems like... It seems like someone trying to paint a picture of what they think an image would be rather than painting an image that they have in their head. 
okay, that's fair. You like, know what I mean? Yeah, no, that I was how it read to me. And that's why I almost don't have a hard time kind of poking at it because it doesn't come off to me as terribly legitimate. It's not what you're expecting. It's not even not what I'm expecting. It just looks like it it looks very stereotypical. It looks to me like someone who was told this story by a bunch of people and they were already kind of like a social outcast. So they came up with the most outlandish story from the night so that they had the biggest story, the most impressive story, the most the most memorable story Mm -hmm. and kind of conned onto this experience that other people had. That honestly is how I feel about Tom. I think that uh, that is the impression I come away from this with is that Tom saw an opportunity to be very important and he took it. That's how I, that, I'm not saying that the, I have no pro- proof of this other than my analysis of his painting <laughs> <laughs> and the, the kind of intuitive response I have to him being interviewed. That's fair. I, I'm still stuck on the fact that you do have another person corroborating at least part of his story. So, I mean, like, I'm yeah. not sure what to do with that unless they're in on it together. I really don't know. Which is, I suppose, possible. Yeah, I, I, I really become torn on this because it's like, yes, he has someone corroborating it, but I, again, don't know anything about this woman. I have no idea if she's credible mm. any more than he is. So... I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for that, but he is the person I'm most wary of in this episode. Because His story is the most fantastical. Exactly. And it and I'm not opposed to someone's story being fantastical. It's just there's something about him that doesn't read as truthful to me. And I'm not saying that there aren't elements of his story that might be in some way true, but he comes off to me as someone who is exaggerating kind of for grandiosity this okay. experience if he had the experience at all is that unfair <laughs> i don't think it's unfair i think everybody has their own i think everybody has their own sort of interpretation of what they're seeing I didn't have that reaction to him. Really? At all? Not really. At least not any more so than I did with anybody else. With like, else, yeah. I'm... I wouldn't call myself a skeptic when it comes to UFOs because I believe that they're real. Right. But, like, I tend to be a little skeptical of abduction stories specifically. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of that happening. And... Not for nothing, all of them were very young. Yeah. So, like, we're talking somewhere between, like, 10 and 13. Yeah. So... I think that's a very legitimate point. So, it's it's one of those things where I don't doubt that something happened or that they saw something, but the abduction part of it always gives me... Mm-hmm. Gives me pause. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be the title yeah. of this episode. <laughs> I just imagine you, like... Going to a a little like street cart and being handed a bucket full of paws. 
Um, what kind of paws? <laughs> Their paws. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, that's fair, and I'll I'll definitely give you that. Um, it kind of makes me want to talk more to Jane. What is it, Jane Green? Jane Shaw. No, the other one. one. Oh, okay. Jane Green, the older woman, because yeah. she was either in her late teens or early 20s when this happened. She was with a girlfriend. Well, she had two kids, so I think she was in her her 20s. Probably, because... 20s or even maybe 30s. I mean, I would think it would be 20s, because if she had been in her 30s... Uh, she would be in her 80s now when they filmed this. At, at the very least. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, she was probably somewhere between 20 and 33, mm-hmm. let's say, when this happened. Although if she had two young kids, it was the 60s. I would be inclined to think she was younger. Um, that said, uh, she had one of the more credible stories to me because uh it was the most it was the most detailed and she wasn't like making up detail at least from what i could tell she was not making up details to give the story more credence yeah no she was, was very straightforward it was very straightforward and it was like this is what i saw and this is what happened and very just the facts ma'am right exactly and i think that some of that speaks to the fact that she was a young adult when she experienced this um and she doesn't have an abduction story which is interesting that it was mostly children who had this experience of being abducted or or are alleging that they did um I think that's kind of I think that's a really good point that you made that a lot of the people who say that they were abducted were young children. I wonder what the uh, significance of that is. I don't know. I wish I knew, but I don't. (laughs) The aliens are Catholic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. My God. No, she's not. I'm not. Oh, goodness. And there's the hamster. The hamster's like, stop, please. Stop. <laughs> it's like, it was proven in court. Calm down. <laughs> the, hamster, the hamster turns into Robin Williams when he drops his mask in Mrs. Doubtfire. He's like, no, stop, stop. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, goodness. Am I missing anything on, on this on this uh, episode, is there anything I didn't really cover? I don't think so. In just that, like, I, one of the reasons I find this so compelling is I have no other explanation for this. Like, I can't yeah, think neither. of a single thing that this could have been other than exactly what they say it was. And that's kind of why it struck me as, um, that's why it, it struck me as 
so credible as well because it's like normally when someone says oh i saw these bright lights and blah blah, blah it's like well, well that could have like, been anything it could have been anything it could have been anything like you look out my window right now and there's two weird lights there and i remember the first night i saw them i was like what the fuck is that and it turns out it's just these weird lights that one of the buildings in town installed that just look very strange um but that wasn't the case here this was something where people saw a moving object that was you know i I think it was tom reed who -hmm. described it as being a hundred yards wide yeah no that's what he said which is a football field right yes (laughs) sorry did i put you on the spot oh shit i was like yes no i'm like you're the lesbian tell us (laughs) not good at distance uh, you would think with the little lines with the numbers on it, it would. I be know. <laughs> Usually, that's the indicator. <laughs> but it only goes up to fifty. You know, <laughs> how will we ever know? <laughs> um, I will say you are the only person who has ever made me enjoy watching a football game. For real? Yeah. One year we watched uh, the Super Bowl, and I got really into it. I don't remember what. Uh, I I'm don't so remember, proud of you. I don't remember which teams were playing. It was back when you still lived in your apartment. Okay, then it wasn't the Giants. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I don't remember. It was two teams. I, it might have been the Eagles, but I don't think so. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, it almost doesn't matter who's one playing of them in the was Super Bowl. New England. I remember one. Yeah, of, because one of them's always fucking New England. I think it was the Patriots. Yes, the New England Patriots. <laughs> Sorry, they give Red Sox fans joy in the off season, so I hate the Patriots. <laughs> Also, I'm a Giants fan, so when the Giants beat the Patriots and ruined their perfect season, I, like, almost orgasmed. It was the best thing ever. <laughs> like, not only did my team win, but they beat those fucking assholes. <laughs> it's like the end of every Disney sports movie. It's, it's the best thing that ever happened to they me. They did it! They did it! <laughs> so, apologies to anyone listening from who's from Massachusetts, but your football team blows. <laughs> And so does your baseball team. Especially. Especially. Because yes. you are especially a Yankee fan. Oh, yes. Yankee Is it Yankee fan or Yankees fan? Yankee fan is fine. Okay. I wasn't sure. I didn't know if you said <laughs> the whole title of the team or if it was like... It's the Yankees, but if you are referring to an individual player, they are a Yankee. They're not a Yankees. Well, yeah. So it's yeah. like you can, you, you can singularize it and it's fine. Yeah, it's very confusing. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But you are. You are the only person who ever made me enjoy watching a football game. Um, But to be fair, I think a lot of it had to do with the buffalo chicken dip. That's Um, fair. What the hell was I saying? This was a very compelling story. Oh, it was 100 yards wide. Yes, 100 (laughs) yards (laughs) wide. I was like, how did we get to football? Uh, of all the things we've... Uh, literally everyone listening to this just went, what the fuck just happened? How did we get to football? It's like, I'm oh, sorry. I thought this was my spooky gay family. <laughs> Not my spooky let's talk about football family. Um, <laughs> yes. So it was described as being a very massive object you know what i mean yeah this is not a small craft yeah so it's hard to dismiss it as being some itty bitty thing especially in the 60s when like especially in the 60s when especially in this area there was not i mean what was there like a max of three or four stories on any given building yeah no we're not talking like a massive amount of light pollution 
hitting yeah, this area. Exactly. Um, so that is what makes the story more compelling to me. And I agree. I think what you said is absolutely correct that it, it really makes you think for a second longer about it because it happened, uh, in such a specific time, in such a specific way, uh, and was corroborated by so many people, it it does give you pause. <laughs> um, that said, I'm not saying that it validates any of the stories, but it definitely does kind of make you think a little harder about it. At least for me, it did. I know it made David think a little harder. <laughs> yes, David is absolutely terrified of aliens. He's actually in the other room right now and not listening because he's like, I am not talking about aliens tonight. <laughs> I hope Jessica is listening to this and losing her mind. Yeah, poor Jessica. She has been listening to the podcast quite a bit recently and obviously did our one-year anniversary episode with us, uh, which was a lot of fun. I always, always, always love it when when Bob, Kevin, and Jess come back. Um so I'm, I'm glad that she joined us, but I hope that she saw the title of this episode and just went, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> or that she's sitting in her car crying right now. <laughs> I'm sure she's fine. She can, she can handle it. It'll be okay. I know. I'm sure that she can. I will never forget the night when she went up to ch- check on Zach and she came downstairs and she had like, her face was like drained of color. And I was like, what is the matter? And she was like, uh, she was like, he was just up and he was like, mommy, there was an owl outside my window watching me. And I was like, there aren't any like snow owls in, in her town. So, and it's just David Bowie from Labyrinth. I know. And she was like, it was an alien. And I was like, this is a Oh, goodness. I, I love our niece and our nephew. And I especially love that they're very creepy. Yeah, they do a lot of creepy things. They like sleepwalk and sleep talk. They have conversations with things. They see aliens. I'm like, this is perfect. This is <laughs> this is exactly what I always wanted. <laughs> oh goodness! All right. Well, I'm gonna call that. I'm gonna call that time on this episode. Sounds uh, good. I really loved this episode. If you guys haven't watched it yet, please go watch it. It's a really great episode, and it does make for a nice little break, especially after. Um, Alonzo Brooks who it's like one of the more devastating stories in this series to kind of have this slightly more lighthearted episode <laughs> after <laughs> it's not lighthearted for for Tom Reed he didn't well feel... no but, <laughs> but uh, it it's less uh, what's the word I'm looking for emotionally taxing yeah, I'm going to go with that. It's less emotionally taxing to talk about this UFO story. Um, that said, you should definitely watch it. Um, and by the way, happy week nine of yes. the 13 weeks of Halloween. I can't believe we're already that far. It is killing me a little bit inside. Happy last episode in September. I know we're going into October. By the, the next time you hear our voices, it will be October. Yes, it will. And I'm very, I'm, ex- I'm both excited and sad. A little bit because I'm kind of scared that October is going to go as fast as September did. September? I like don't even remember. Like I blinked and September was over. I know. That's the worst part. The exact opposite of March. (laughs) The exact opposite of everything since March. (laughs) And I think honestly that's part of it. It's like 
we've been deprived of so much for so long that to finally have a time period where there was so much like fun and joy and cool stuff. It's like it went by so fast because we were just so consumed with it. Maybe. It's a little sad. Also, by the way, guys, I hope you enjoyed our watch along on Friday night of Scream. It was certainly a lot of fun to do. And uh, we had the best time with you guys. We are going to be doing more watch alongs in the future. Uh, and obviously, by the time you hear our voices again, our Patreon will have launched. We are launching the Patreon this Thursday and we'll be doing a watch along there every month. We'll be doing sleepovers uh, every month on on Patreon and we have all kinds of cool stuff that we're going to be sending your way including videos and newsletters and merchandise and all kinds of cool things so make sure you check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash family. it will be launched and available to view this Thursday October 1st uh, and that's basically it so uh, we will see you Thursday for another maxi maxi biggie sode <laughs> I don't know what to call it. <laughs> and to talk and to uh, enjoy all of the fruits of our labor over the past month with this Patreon. So until Thursday, stay spoopy and remember. Off to my left, there was a rock and there was a path and we were right on the path here and the rock was just off to my left. And as I turned slowly, I turned and a UFO dropped right out of the sky right in front of me. And a beam came on me. And as the light was on me, my hands jerked back like this. And it's like air got sucked out of me. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Alon, and this episode contains clips from Unsolved Mysteries, distributed by Netflix 2020. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Patreon. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Thank you.